Welcome to Critical Blues Reviews. I'm your host, Critical. I would like to say what's the word, everyone, and happy belated Valentine's Day. I hope that everybody was treated right, and if you had no one to treat you right, hopefully you treated yourself right. That's what I'm talking about. Find the love within yourself. And I also want to say, make me last by giving listener support to the podcast. You know, just go ahead and press that button and give a dollar a month. And just let hit me up and let me know that's what you did so I can give you a shout out and a thank you. All right. All right. So today we will be getting into and going over and reviewing. The Prodigy. And the director of The Prodigy is Nicholas McCarthy. He directed At the Devil's Door and also directed Holidays. Uh, Holidays was pretty cool where the the theme is uh, different holidays would have like a horror theme to it. And uh, that, that was pretty dope. So definitely check that out. And the writer of The Prodigy is Jeff Bueller. He actually is writing the new Pet Cemetery that'll be coming out later on this year. Can't wait to see that. Hopefully it's good because you're doing a remake. So, yeah. So um, just to give you a log line, a couple, a young couple is conceived their first child, finding out later on that their son is a genius. As the child gets older, the parents find out there's something volatile and demonic about their son. In the characters for this film, you have Sarah, played by Taylor Schilling. Uh, You know her from Orange is the New Black. She played the lead character, Piper, and also she played on Argo. You have Miles, played by Jackson Robert Scott. He is known for being in It. He played Georgie, and also he's been in The Fear of the Walking Dead. You have Arthur Jacobson played by Combe Fior. He played in Riddick, Chicago, and Thor. You have John, played by Peter Mooney. He was in Camelot and Copper. You have Margaret St. James, played by Brittany Allen. She was in What Keeps You Alive and It Stains the Red Sand. You have Edward Skarka, played by Paul Fateau. I, I believe, hopefully I, I pronounced his name correctly. Um, but he is in Frontier and No Stranger Than Love. And my expectations for this film was very low. I remember uh, Jesse, um, Dave, Picole's, Dave Picole's wife. Uh, shout out to you, Dave Picole and Jesse. Uh, she sent out uh, a little trailer, I guess, you know, because we have our podcast. So check out our podcast, Pod Cemetery. And she ch- she she sent out a trailer for us to check out uh, The Prodigy. And I kind of laughed at it because I was like, eh, I don't want to see that. <laughs> you know, it doesn't, the trailer didn't really interest me that much. But um, I ended up going out anyway, actually uh, hitting it up with Clean and uh, Vic. And so we ended up going there because we we're going to go see uh, well, Happy Birthday to You. Well, it was options. I don't say we we're going to see it. The plan was actually to go to see um, the film What What Men Want. Yeah, What Men Want. 
and we didn't I didn't get a chance to make it so I'll be doing that later on but so we ended up going to see the prodigy so we ended up checking that out and um so yeah so that that was interesting but my first take on it I you know I I, I didn't really want to check it out but I was like hey why not I'll do a report on it I try to do report like a uh, review excuse me a report I think I'm in school I try to do reviews on film that most people aren't really talking about or I'm only interested in you know what I mean so I was like this kind of fits so yeah so I had I had pretty much low expectations uh the beginning of the film was I reeled in not really I mean it had a little action at the beginning uh they did have a death and birth transition that was cool and to understand what I'm talking about with that you have to see the movie I would say that the journey of Miles that is the lead character the little boy that you see in the trailer uh, the journey uh, from him become you know to eight years old I, I felt like that was pretty cool um, you didn't really they didn't really discuss too much in the journey other than finding out that he's a genius but then all of a sudden when he reaches the latter years of eight that's when things start to get a little disturbing and when it gets disturbing I mean it 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 does like I I wouldn't give it a full 10 in disturbance it's not like seven or anything like that but it had it had its disturbing moments and I'll get into that later but since we were talking about Miles and his journey, Miles' character, he had a strong character. Uh, Jackson did a great job acting this character out because the character, it gives you that innocent feel. Like he's an innocent little boy. And uh, if you're black, you're going to start looking at little white kids sideways. I mean, it's, it's just, it's just, a, a, he's frightening. <laughs> He's, he's frightening, you know, not like, you know, the good son frightening, but it was, it's just that, you know, he has that innocent nature. Like, like, for example, if he wanted to fake you out or set you up in a way, he can play the innocent role where people will just believe him and you're like looking like an idiot, you know what I mean? Or whatever, a monster or whatever, from whatever lies he can tell, you know what I mean? And he has, he comes off with this innocent nature. And so that was that was cool. That was that was real cool uh, for his character, and also the description of his character. He has like two different color eyes. Like uh, one is, uh, I think one is like amber, and the other is hazel, or something like that. So he has an interesting look to him. You have Sarah. She was a cool character. But she was too much in denial for me, even with the evidence in her face. I mean, it wasn't the actor's fault. I mean, of course, it was how it was written. Um, And it was certain scenes where she would blame her husband, John, for certain things that happened in the film. But when, I guess, the situation could be cleared, it was a medical situation that came up that, you know, dealing with her son that could have been... Uh, cleared, she didn't tell him. And, and and that's the thing I have with certain movies. They'll have it where the character doesn't tell anybody anything for some weird reason. It's like, it's always a secret. You know what I mean? Like, even if you have the character mention it, and then the person might, you know, 
brush it off, which goes into another trope, especially if it's a male. You know, it goes off into another trope, of course. But, you know, I'm just tired of them not saying anything. And I see that a lot where, you know, like, I, you know, it makes sense if you tell somebody something, but they'll choose not to say anything. But it really it just hurts the situation. And there's not a logical reasoning why they didn't say anything. You know, I mean, at least to put it out there. You know what I mean? But the cool thing about it was it didn't linger for too long. They, you know, eventually she did, you know, say what she had to say. But that part, you know, kind of was, you know, I don't know. It was kind of rubbing me the wrong way for some weird reason. You have John. He kind of fell into the male don't listen because of the logical trope. You know what I mean? Like when the woman has a problem or she's seen ghosts or whatever the case may be. He's, oh, it's a logical reason for this. Oh, yes, yeah, a logical reason. Woman, you're crazy. Are you on your period? You know, that that, bull, that BS, man. It's like, oh, really, man? Come on, man. Like, like oh, yeah, you know, oh, it's, it's a reason why there are a whole bunch of dead bodies in this cabin here, I'm pretty sure there's no guy with a hockey mask roaming around killing people with a machete. Woman, are you crazy? Are you on your period? You know, it's like, come on, dude, like, like, snap out of it. It's, it's always that trope where the woman has got doggone spazzing out or halfway crazy and seeing all the the ghosts and the ghouls and all of that stuff, and the guy is sitting there with his legs crossed with his glasses holding a book. You know, oh, what do you mean, woman? You know, that that, that type thing. That, that kind of rubs me the wrong way, too. That falls in the same category as, as the character not mentioning what the problem is. Like, the character is keeping it a secret just for the plot to go. You know what I'm saying? And I hope I'd never do anything like that where I complain about it now and then I write about it later on and, like, the same in the same way, in the same vein, where I'm just writing about this male character that's ignoring all the signs. Oh, it's a logical explanation for why there's a predator. There's no predators. It's a logical explanation why there's a thing running around invisible, stabbing people with a claw and lifting them up in the air. It's, it's no alien. Woman, are you crazy? Are you on your period? Like, come on, man. Like, I'm, I'm tired of that. You know what I mean? Sorry for the that joke, but they, they kind of use that a lot. That That's what it kind of feels like. That's Because they always make the woman feel like she's stupid. You know what I mean? They, they always do that. that that's why I, I kind of put it that way. But, um, but yeah, and also to uh, Sarah and John's relationship, it's, it's a little interesting. They have, I mean, I won't say it's a little interesting. They have a pretty good relationship. You know, John is trying to do what he can to be the provider and then you have Sarah uh, she's uh, the nurturer, they, they love their child, they actually interact with their child, so they try to make them a real like wholesome family, well the parents, make the parents very wholesome, so you can, you know, feel bad for what they're, what they're going through, because they did nothing wrong to get this type of energy from their child, you know so, but it was one scene where they were like in a car, you know, not a big scene, but it was a car scene and they were just drinking, you know, in the car 
And I was thinking like, wow, for some reason, if that was me, I'd have been looking over my shoulder if the police would come. Because everybody, black people have a different, <laughs> it's, it's, it's always a different story. Because, you know, like, it, you can't be too casual. You're sitting in the car at the pond. It sounds romantic. You're kicking it with your lady or your wife. You know what I mean? Yeah, it sounds good if you're white. But if you're black, you're kind of looking over your shoulder to make sure the cops don't come. Go the cops come. They're going to arrest you. Or arrest us, rather. So that that's that was one thing that popped in my head when I saw that scene. It was like, yeah, I like I don't feel I don't think I would feel as comfortable as them as they sit in their car at the pond because if the police comes, that's it. Yeah. So that that was neither here nor there. That's why I kinda went into it because it doesn't explain the movie. So I thought that was um that was kinda funny to me when I was watching it. Um the f- movie felt a little slow at slow moments it felt like things were edited out of the film to kind of speed the movie up i also felt it felt it was it was a little rush but it got right to the point though uh it, it was like different scenes were kind of you know, not really chopped up but it, it kind of felt a little chopped up when watching it come to think of it well I, i'll get back into that but also it had pretty good jump scares there were decent, decent jump scares. Um, there was one scene that was a little disturbing. It wasn't, it wasn't a visual. It was dialogue actually, and the dialogue was the scariest part in the film. I feel, or oh, the most disturbing, scary, but it was the most disturbing part of the film. And uh, so, you know, definitely check that part out. They show a piece of it in the trailer. It's when he's with the counselor. And so that part was like, whoa, you know. And also you have, uh, yeah, like like I mentioned, like after that after that scene, it was like you, you start to look at little white kids a little differently. Yeah, it's like you know, you know, little Timmy, you go you go over there and play. <laughs> you know, I, I ain't fucking with you, little Timmy. <laughs> I'm gonna keep them keeping myself over here. But also, I did notice too that there was a stolen scene, and actually, it was the the biggest jump scare in this movie. But by me seeing this scene before, it was kind of like I was just like, eh, I've seen it before. Everybody else jumped out of their out of their shoes. I mean, like people were like, "Whoa!" Like like Vic was like, "Yo!" You know, Keith Clean was sleep, of course. He was knocked out because he doesn't like horror movies. But, you know, and it was like, you know, I was kind of looking like, I've already seen this scene. And what I'm referring to is a movie called Beyond the Doors, or Beyond the Doors 2 and Shock. Uh, It's an Italian film that was released in 1977 by Mario Bava. And it, well, basically, Beyond the Doors 2 or Shock, because it's two different names, two different titles. It's about a family that is haunted by a vindictive spirit of a woman's former husband who passes, who possesses her son. So, actually, if you think about it, 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 this this movie is prodigy is not too far from Beyond the Doors because it's interesting. Yeah, I, I didn't think of that. You know what I mean? Until just now, like, but but anyway, I'll get back to that. But yeah, it 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 did have a certain scene and if you want to see that scene if you want to spoil the scene uh you can go on youtube and look up beyond the doors 2 or shock trailer and the scene is basically a mother with the son and the son is running toward the mother so that's the scene that they took from this 1977 
Italian horror film. That's the scene they took from it. And uh, if I were to compare, well, actually, what I did before I even go to the comparisons, what I didn't like about the film, as I mentioned, the best scene in the film I had already seen before. So I didn't get that rise like everyone else got. So the best thing that happened was the dialogue I was talking about that was uh, that was actually uncomfortable, very disturbing, um, with the uh, counselor and also uh, Miles. Um, it it was it was weird. It had I, like I wouldn't say this was a bad thing, but for me it was just weird that the movie had three different endings. So it's almost as if they didn't know which ending to use, so they used all three. Because the movie actually ended three times. That's what I felt like. You know, like the first time it ended, it was like a cliffhanger. The second time it ended, it was an extended cliffhanger. Like, you know, where it's supposed to be creepy type thing. And then the third way it ended, it ended creepier. So, yeah, so... Yeah, watch it for yourself. I think you would agree with me that the movie ended three times because Vic kept hitting me like, yo, yo, this movie already ended. <laughs> it's ending again. <laughs> it's ending again. And I was like, yeah, pretty much. You know, I guess, you know, I, I guess they liked all three endings, so they threw it at the end of this movie. So that that was one thing I noticed. And and certain scenes just felt like like just it was used for the trailer. Like the Halloween costume scene where you see him in the mirror and he wipes half of his face. That scene didn't... you Like, if you watched that scene, you felt like something was going to happen on Halloween. But nah, it was, they just used that for the trailer. Like, they they had him dress up for Halloween and they just cut it off. Like, you know, the most he did was, like, carve out a pumpkin. So it's not really a spoiler. I'm just letting you know that nothing is going to happen. Because I was getting like, oh, it's Halloween. They're going to get down and dirty now. And then the scene cut away, and it was like, like what? I don't know, Christmas? Nah, it wasn't Christmas. But Thanksgiving? I don't know. But anyway, it just wasn't Halloween anymore. So I would say that that was kind of a letdown, especially when you thought something was going to happen. And um, and it was not really good kill scenes in this film. I, I mean, it was one kill scene, probably the only kill scene. But, uh, but other than that... But I felt like that's where Miles came in. Like, Miles really, you know, it, it really looked good. I would say Jackson. Jackson is the one who plays Miles. So Jackson really did a good part on that scene. But but for the most part, Miles was creepy. You know, just to even get into what I did like. Like, Miles was very creepy. He was a creepy kid. And the way he can... You know, one minute he's like an angel, and then the next minute—I mean, think about it. It's 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 Georgie off of it. You remember how Georgie was? You know, you know he was like you like like an innocent, pure kid. You know, like you know, just full of innocence, and you felt so bad for Georgie. So imagine that kid doing messed up stuff. I mean, it's, it's the same kid. So imagine that. So um, that's where I would get into my comparisons. I would compare this movie. To the Good Son and Orphan, and also, like I mentioned before, Beyond the Door, to AKA Shock, the uh, Italian film. 
and I give this rating seven severed hands. Well, seven severed lady hands. All right, lady hands. Yeah, I was talking to Vic. Vic wanted to give this a higher, a higher rating. Um, he actually wanted to get on and uh, get on the on the podcast and re- do this review. But actually, when we got together when I watched this film it was on his birthday and he had some plans with his fiance so shout out to you Vic and happy belated birthday to you brother so um unfortunately he couldn't get on the uh, podcast but he did say he wanted to give the movie a higher rating than seven I gave it I gave it seven because the the dope scare scene that was in this film I've already seen before that was in Beyond the Doors 2 so that is my review on The Prodigy. Cool movie. I suggest you check it out. It was better than what I thought it was going to be. I, you know, felt a little, you know, felt a little certain, a certain way about seeing that scene that I've already seen before. But other than that, I mean, I gave it seven. I mean, it, it was it was a pretty good horror film, a pretty good thriller. You know, it was just edited weird. Like I can feel like it wasn't. You know, like I said, it had three different endings. Uh, like, felt like certain things were edited out. It, it, it was, but but it was cool. It, it felt like it was a skip. Like I did feel the skip to keep things interesting. I think maybe the movie ran pretty long and and made it real slow, and they didn't want it to be slow, so it was edited in a certain way. But I did feel it. I did feel like I was skipping through time a little bit. Just a little bit, you know, not nothing too crazy, but just a little bit. But, um, yeah, so that's my review. Remember to make me last by giving listen support to the podcast. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. And thank you all for still checking me out and hanging in there. All right. All right. Y'all be easy and one.